Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 22. The library was a huge, smashing success. Being there was better than being in a ballpark to see a home run hit in the bottom of the ninth to win the game. Everyone in the surrounding areas flocked to browse the shelves, sign up for the computer classes that were now offered for free in the afternoons, and read newspapers and magazines from all around the world. That wasn't, of course, the only reason they came. The people of the surrounding communities came to see firsthand the symbol that was boldly built to rid all of them of the Santiago stranglehold. Maria and her students all played roles in the library's daily functions. Michael and Margarita had become very popular given the circumstances and were perfect for teaching older people in the community how to surf the net on their trips to the library. Their popularity combined with the fact that what they were teaching thrilled and awed everyone was a smashing success as well. People came from as far as 50 miles away to use what people were calling the Charles T. Duncan Library. The building had never really been named. It just sort of became that. To the Charles T. Duncan Library came moms, dads, and children. They came on bikes and cars, on the backs of horses and even mules. In the first two weeks that it was open, there were approximately 50 visitors a day. Not bad for someplace so far away from the rest of the world. Once people checked it out, they most definitely wanted to come back. Charlie was pleased beyond expectations with the results of the library. The people loved it. It was serving the purpose for which he intended. He couldn't have been happier with the reception people of Cuidad Norte and San Miguel, and including the surrounding areas had toward the new center of their opportunity to learn. Each day, Charlie banged away at a computer, now tapping out his book at lightning pace. Like he'd figured, the hurdle had been jumped and wrote freely about his college days, law school, and winning those first cases that got him recognized by the big boys. The rest was just time-consuming to write more than an issue of really having to think about it much. The book flowed now with his rise to the top of the corporate law world. Why anyone would want to buy his book was beyond him, but... Although it had become easy to write and now easy to finish, it was simply boring to him. He brought it all the way to the point where he'd built the library. The end. Dumb ending, but that's what the publisher wanted. An account of his life. With the book complete, the library running smoothly, it was time to say goodbye to the sleepy little town of Cuidad Norte and the sleepy little town of San Miguel and the friends he'd made. He wasn't really surprised when they threw him a going away party. The reason he expected such a thing is that his friends were just that way. It's the way they were. The thoughtful and caring nature wouldn't have let him leave without showing their appreciation for what he had done for them. 
The party was nice, too. Everyone was there, in a way that's hard to explain. The simplicity of it all was something he was unaccustomed to when it came to parties. Lavish spreads with expensive champagne, caviar, and hors d'oeuvres that were prepared by expensive French chefs. Those hors d'oeuvres were munched upon while people walked around in expensive clothes and faked liking each other. Those were the sort of parties he was used to. This party was different. No one wore fancy clothes, yet everyone looked fantastic. No one chugged expensive champagne, yet everyone was happy. No one faked their smiles as they talked to each other, yet they smiled. The conversations weren't created to ensure business contacts. Everyone genuinely liked each other and enjoyed each other's company. Maria had assembled the group for the get-together. Mr. Garcia, Maria's parents, Michael and Margarita, that squirrely little mortician guy, various people related to the construction of the library that Charlie had gotten to know, and students from Maria's class were all in attendance. Sad, but everyone was having a good time despite the reason for the gathering. His plane would be leaving following their celebratory evening. Plane would be leaving. He would be up and out before his very close friends had awakened for their next day on Earth. As the evening turned to night and night into that time in which it was time to say goodbye, the mood changed. Now everyone was genuinely sad. No fakes now either. Sweet victory. Mission accomplished. Back down the road that led him on his adventure and on to the more populated parts of Mexico, and eventually he was back in Mexico City boarding a plane for home. He sat alone that night in his big house on the coast, lost in thought about where he'd been only 24 hours previously. He'd miss his friends. The phone started ringing early the next morning. Everyone from A to Z knew he was back in town. There were business calls, calls about actually going on television and radio shows to help sell the book, and others calling just because it's good to have a friend that's rich. Fake. None of that in Cuidad Norte or San Miguel. He grinned and bared through being equally nice to everyone. Appointments were set, and almost without any delay whatsoever, he was immersed in a hectic schedule of meeting with clients to discuss business matters. He also found himself juggling his meetings with clients with meetings at publishing company concerning the book. They really had very high expectations for it. In fact, if it were to do as well as they expected, Charlie would most likely be on Good Morning America, The Morning Show, Larry King, and on and on. The scheduling issue and downtime were now going to become much more of a factor in his life. He was only comforted by the fact that the running around with the book would only be temporary. Good. The whole book thing was turning him off more and more by the minute. Pampered and treated like some sort of rock star or something, Charlie was 
toted around with a representative from the publishing company at one side and an extremely frustrated and overworked legal assistant on the other. 90% of the time, they were on their cell phones and sending wireless emails from their palm tops all at the same time. He made the rounds of all the morning news shows as expected. Katie Kirk seemed pretty cool. The rest, well, they'd never fit in at a place to get together with him. You know, a place like Cuidad Norte? They were fake. There were radio shows, too. Howard Stern really turned out to be a royal jerk, and Charlie came within inches of just simply walking out of the interview. His favorite interviews were with Larry King and Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose had somehow found out about the building project while Charlie was finishing the book. They spent the majority of the interview talking about the process involved in writing the book. He was the only interviewer to take an interest in such things. It was refreshing to discuss something other than the actual contents of the book. Mr. Rose wanted Charlie to discuss his experiences in Mexico. Charlie was eager to tell Charlie Rose what he wanted to know. Talking about the events in Mexico brought up emotions that caused for a replay in Charlie's mind that night while he lay in bed. Every word was rerun in slow motion. Each time he thought of Mexico, he couldn't help keep Maria out of his mind. Although her name never came up specifically in the interview, as Charlie simply referred to his friends, his mind certainly saw her clearly. She was on his mind more and more. A conversation with her would surely help stop this merry-go-round he seemed to find himself on. Despite the demand for his company, he chose to spend most of the time he wasn't working or pushing the book alone. There really weren't many nights like that, though, a rarity that began to become cherished. Alone didn't just mean him, though. It usually included writing Mandy and thinking of Maria. The weather was turning cooler now. The season was changing once more, and even though months had passed since his last conversation with Maria, thinking about her was much more preferred than fake became a word he used to describe all that surrounded him, the book tour, the corporations that messed up and now sought his skills. The wealthy people would surely never call again should he lose his wealth or popularity. Mandy wasn't fake, though. An animal can't be that way. Unconditional companionship. Even the caretaker, Charlie had hired to take care of Mandy while he was gone, didn't seem to genuinely care for the horse as much as Charlie did. When he talked affectionately about the horse, it seemed to, yeah, be a little fake. It was a job, not a friendship. Trips down the hillside onto the beach began to become a cherished moment. Watching Mandy run from the beach was the most fulfilling part of the outing. Before they left, though, there was always the time they spent watching the evening tide cover the white sand. Instead of gently lapping at the sand with a light rumble of foam, 
The water slowly covered the beach and splashed against the jagged rocks of the hill's edge. This left Mandy standing in the salty water. Each time, they seemed to push it further by letting the water get deeper and deeper. Tides, caused by a complex relationship of the moon and its gravitational pull on the earth, are in fact predictable. Man had it all figured out. Unlike life, which is the most unpredictable thing about our existence, there's never any way to predict who a person will meet and how that meeting will change and alter the direction of their lives. One never knows, unlike the predictable tide, when such a meeting is going to take place. Not every meeting has those results, though. It's only some. Had Charlie's meeting with Maria been one of those? No doubt about it. She'd certainly caused him to spend time thinking about her. Would he have built the library had he never had met her? Probably not. There was a connection between them that he really couldn't put his finger on. Was she thinking the same way about him that he was about her? If so, what did that mean? Over the years, Charlie had several girlfriends. They were always pretty from well-connected families and looking for a handsome, well-connected husband. Something about that just wasn't right at the time, though. He just never really put a word to it. He had it now, though. The word was fake. So he'd never had a relationship go past more than several dates or a month or two. They always seemed to get unreasonably serious. Yep, that was fake. Funny, Maria didn't seem to move in on him that way. He knew she liked him. It was understood between them. Little looks, smiles, touches of the hand. None of that was fake. They never talked about it, though. Why not? She was different. She didn't pursue him like all the others. She wasn't fake. One evening, the tide was up to Mandy's chest as... Man and horse stared into the horizon, lost deep in thought. Charlie hadn't noticed how deep the water had become. Regardless, Mandy didn't budge. The majestic animal could have headed off on her way back up the hill at any time on her own, but she waited trustingly for her friend's command. The high water lapping at Charlie's feet now, well, it seemed to snap him out of his thought. He urged Mandy on as she fought the high water and eventually was back on the trail to the home. The interruption in thought didn't matter, though. Charlie had decided he was going back to Mexico. He wanted to see Maria. Thank you for joining us. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.